right, let's be honest, Vols fans. When we saw the schedule like we did in 21-22, you looked at the schedule and said, Rick Barnes is doing it again. He's making sure he faces off against the toughest competition possible, the toughest preseason tournaments, the in-non-conference tournaments, Maui coming up in the next couple of weeks, and then Wisconsin, of course, being one of those marquee away from Thompson Bowling Arena at the Food City Center matches everybody was anticipating. Uh, the gentleman to the right, I'm glad I got a chance to get caught up with him from over at the rival site with Wisconsin because Benjamin Wargle can actually can fill us in on things that I've actually missed out on. Ben, uh, there was a time before I came back home to Knoxville, Tennessee, I covered the Big Ten and the Big 12. I did Iowa, Iowa State things for five years. I'm not just saying this to juice up the situation or to try to hype up our chat here, but I went to every location in the Big Ten basketball scene and every location in the Big 12 basketball scene. I'm not fog Allen in this. I'm not doing the I'm not doing the whole Chrysler arena thing. I genuinely believe the Cole Center was one of the loudest places that I've ever been to and one of the toughest places I think I've ever covered a game for an opponent to do in college basketball. Does that still hold true today? And and, and how is the Madhouse doing up at the Cole Center in Madison that Tennessee will be visiting Friday? Uh, it depends what day you go. Um, I, I think the Cole Center, the the aura of it has waned a little bit in recent years. I think the heyday of the Coastal Center being this, this environment that is so impossible to play in is, is maybe a little bit gone. However, this is a big game on Friday night. It's a late game um, it's, with everything surrounding it. I think it's going to be a, an exciting crowd on Friday. At least that's the hope. Uh, Wisconsin is coming up a down year, certainly. Did not play well last year. But they played very well on on Monday night, opening night. They scored a Cole Center record 105 points. They were efficient um, from an offensive standpoint. They pushed tempo, which is something a little bit unusual for them. This is usually a plotting program. They pushed a pace a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of excitement with this team. It's kind of been building since the middle of the summer, I would say, once you kind of found out who was coming back, who they were adding, kind of seen some of the new pieces fit in with this team. And then you saw the product in a couple exhibition games, a couple scrimmages, a couple open practices, and you thought, okay, they, they have potential. And then they come out and score 105 points. Now, it's against Arkansas State, certainly not the toughest opponent they're going to face. And Greg Gard said as much uh, on Monday that we're going to jump into the deep end of the pool here very quick with what the volunteers are going to bring. But I think there's excitement around this program. I think fans see it. I think the students see it. And one would hope that this is going to be a good atmosphere on, on Friday night. You know, it's been two years, I believe. You're right. Last year was an NIT appearance. And then two years ago, the regular season title, they, Wisconsin won it. What, what's, what kind of is going on with Greg Gard right now? Because I was leaving right when they were doing the transitioning from Bo Ryan to Greg Gard. I guess I don't want to call it a five-year progress report. I guess now it'd be six or seven years if I'm off a year. But the progress report, what kind of is the feel around a basketball program right now that I think a lot of people expected Greg Gard to take them to those higher, back to those final four levels like Bo Ryan reached? Yeah, his entry is ninth year already. It's hard nine. to believe. Okay, nine, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think college basketball has changed a little bit since when Bo Ryan was here um, it, with, that, with the transfer portal, with everything else that kind of has gone into it. Wisconsin's lost a handful of players through the portal. They haven't done a great job of replacing them in past years. I think that's why you had the struggles you did a year ago with this team, where they came off a, a really good season, lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament because of some injuries. Then after the season, 
they lost two forwards to the portal, two guys they were expecting to play minutes for them, and they weren't able to replace them from the portal for, for a variety of reasons that we don't need to go into. But it, it, it hurt their depth. And last year, Tyler Wall, probably their best leader, best low post player at the time, gets hurt. Uh, bad ankle injury, misses three games, doesn't really ever fully recover, and the team didn't recover because of that. Uh, Bench did not contribute last year. Stars played too many minutes, and that's the reason why Wisconsin, I think it was 17-14 in the regular season, missed the NCAA tournament, made the IIT semifinals. But the issue with Wisconsin last year is they played 23 games that were defined as close games, five points or less, games decided in overtime. They went 13-10 and in those games. In 10 of those losses, they had – leads in eight of them. Um, they didn't score a lot, and so their margin for error was very, very minuscule. I think they outscored their opponents by 1.3 points the entire season. That's everything, including some of their blow-up by games earlier in the year. They only won one Big Ten game by more than 10 points the entire year. Wow. So there was just a team that just had a really kind of small margin for error. Um, the key with Wisconsin this year is everybody's back. Uh, with the exception of one low rotation player. All five stars are back. They return 92% of their scoring, which is the most of any Power 5 conference school in the country. They've had a really good wing in A.J. Store from St. John's. He's led the team in scoring pretty much in every appearance he's had. Played really well on Monday. Um, can score from all three areas. Uh, can defend one through four. They have two really nice freshmen that are contributing. John Blackwell, a guard. Noel Winter, a forward. Um, Winter is kind of a close to a double-double machine uh, to a point. I mean, he's kind of been around that in every uh, game, like saying they've had. Uh, they had 6.7 rebounds in the opener. Um, the one question mark for Wisconsin on Friday is going to be Connor Seijin. Seijin was a Big Ten all-freshman all team last year, set the school record for most three-pointers by a freshman, uh, shot just under 40% from the perimeter, uh, got hurt in the first half, had a player kind of land over him, um, mm. on a box out, didn't return. He's questionable for this game, didn't do much practicing on Wednesday. Uh, that's a big weapon they're going to miss, but this depth we've seen with Wisconsin, at least in the opener, they have some players like John Blackwell, I just mentioned, Isaiah Lindsay, who's a walk-on guard who can shoot from deep. They have some personnel that can kind of absorb that. Well, a year ago, they really didn't have that depth. So in, in the nine years under guard, some good early, They've kind of missed the tournament here a couple times since. And they only missed the NCAA tournament twice since 1998, I want to say. Mm-hmm. So they've been pretty consistent. Last year, just a, a confluence of things kind of came down them, and they didn't play that well. But I think there's a lot of high expectations with this team this year. And I think there's a lot of pressure on guard to win. Um, when this day and age, you missed the NCAA tournament two years in a row, uh, your job security, unless you know, you're a handful of brand-name coaches, is going to be up in the air a little bit. So this is a this is a big year for the program. Maybe you just answered it there, but I know it seems like at an athletic department, there's always that rotation of, all right, all right, let's solve what's happening in this department, then that department, and then usually it comes back around. Now that it seems that the Badgers have got their guy for the future and football coach Luke Fickle, that shift now goes back to Greg Gard going, we know what Fickle and some of the others in the athletic department are doing. Greg Gard, usually when we talk Wisconsin basketball, I already kind of opened up our segment talking about how dominant it is. Nine years trying to restore dominance, two regular season championships. This has got to be must-win territory. And if it's not must-win territory, the seat's got to be getting at least lukewarm. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, I would say there are five major 
programs on campus that generate attention. There's football, men's basketball, women's volleyball, and the two hockey programs. Um, right. I put women's basketball probably a, a, a distant sixth in the pecking order. Uh, Chris McIntosh is new AD, uh, took over from Barry Alvarez just a couple of years ago. First major hires were Luke Fickle for football and Mike Hastings for hockey. And hockey's number three in the country right now. They've had a remarkable turnaround in year one. So it feels like football is taken care of, even though they're not playing that well this year in their transition year. And hockey's playing well. Volleyball is number two in the country, and women's hockey just beats everyone consistently. So your four major programs there are set. So you come back to men's basketball. Mm. Chris McIntosh has talked about having a championship-level program. And for the most part, that's what Wisconsin has been in the Big Ten under Greg Gard. Um, they've won a couple Big Ten titles here recently. Greg Gard has two Big Ten Coach of the Year awards. But they're coming up a year where they didn't meet expectations uh, for a variety of reasons. Depth lack of veteran leadership, injuries. Chris McIntosh still has faith in this program. At least he's, he, he, keeps his, he keeps his opinions and his cards close to the chest, so you don't quite know what he's thinking, but he's come out right. and he's supported Greg Gard quite a bit, especially last year when things were going askew. But there's pressure to win. There's always pressure in college sports, right, especially your, your big revenue-type programs. And there's pressure on men's basketball after a down year last year not making the tournament after a couple years of not advancing deep into the month of March to have a really good season. And this is a really good veteran team. They're playing a lot of tough opponents this year. Uh, you're going to have you know, a road trip to province here on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You're going to face Marquette who's top 10. You're going to Arizona in beginning of December. Um, this game against Tennessee was supposed to be played a couple years ago, but that, you know, that, COVID got in the way and they had to extend this home and home series. So it just kind of dropped in here where it fit. So this is another top 10 point. Wisconsin faced three ranked opponents all of last season. They're facing three teams currently in the top 12 in their first 10 games. So this is a really good stretch to kind of test this veteran team. And I think that's what Wisconsin needs. They need to get tested here to kind of find out where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, because ultimately the goal is to win the Big Ten and play your best basketball entry March and a game like this against Tennessee certainly, certainly should help get them on that right track. All right. So Ben, where, where really are the strengths and weaknesses? You kind of led me to the next question. You brought up the 92% of returning scoring. That's clearly a very wide eye. That's a nugget. I think many Tennessee fans hear you say, see you say, and they go, Oh, especially with the team still trying to work out what that rotation is for the Badgers. Where are the strengths? Where, where do you believe Tennessee needs to look if there needs to be a 40-minute victory on Friday? Well, they have a lot of depth. Wisconsin does. Um, you know, Greg Gard can go 10, 10, 11 deep on his bench right. and feel very confident in that group. That's something that they couldn't do last year. Really, you couldn't go much more than one or two deep on their bench, and then you kind of got a little, a little worried about where the momentum was going to go and the drop-off of play. Um, Chucky Hepburn is a, a really good point guard coming off a, a down year last year. He had a lot of heat put on him last year. He's changed his body type. He's slimmed down. He is a great facilitator. Um, he minimizes turnovers, which is impressive considering how much he holds the ball. Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over a lot to begin with. I think they were third nationally in turnovers last year, under nine per game. Um, they take care of the ball. They value possessions. They're usually a slower tempo team, but you saw Wisconsin – push the tempo a little bit, and that comes from this veteran presence that they have. There's good synergy with this group. They know how to play together. They're strong defensively. Um, even though they gave up 76 points in the opener, um, 
you kind of look at the points I gave up, all correctable mistakes, nothing really that was a red flag to any point. Um, AJ Store, like I mentioned, is a really good addition to this team. Uh, comes along with a good post that Wisconsin has in, in Wall, who I mentioned. Stephen Crawl, seven-footer, really good passer, too. Um, the guard play with Hepburn, Max Klesmitz, who's a transfer, who's been here a couple of years now, has kind of developed into a leader with this group. Um, just it's, it's a really sound group um, to this point that we've seen through all these practices. Now, Tennessee's going to expose some things that Arkansas State didn't, that Stevens Point and Exhibition didn't. And right. that's why you're going to kind of want to play these games. Uh, the one new interesting tidbit that they've done is they start to press a little bit after makes. They don't do it all the time, but they'll they'll dabble in it um, after shots to a certain degree. And the reason they're doing that is because guard says because of the depth and the athleticism that this team has that they couldn't do that last year because they would just run guys in, into the ground because of that rotation because of the confidence that he has in the rotation. They'll get up and they'll move a little bit. They'll pressure a little bit. They'll try to get mm-hmm. teams into some uncomfortable situations. Um, I think this Wisconsin team is is probably the deepest I've seen. I've been covering them for 20 years. It's mm-hmm. probably up there with the team that went to the national championship game about 10 years ago. Wow. So then returning to the NCAA tournament, to me, I don't want to say it's a given. It's assumptions, we already know what that is. Is this a team there? Not only, I believe, the Vols can do it for the Badgers, this is a Badger team that can help Tennessee's resume. Because remember, in today's age, Ben, resume, resume, resume. That's what everybody's talking about November through March. Yeah, it's it's non-conference strength of schedule. It's who have you played, where have you played, especially with the net rankings. Um, This this is going to be good for both teams. This will be a quad one game for both teams, assuming both continue to play well. Um, The big thing with Wisconsin is just to be able to, to stay healthy. And sure. you, you, you look at where the Wisconsin has gone awry in the two times they didn't make the NCAA tournament under guard. They've had young teams, and those teams have gotten injured. Um, is This team is, like I've said, I've said a bunch of times, depth. And I think I've said depth sure. because Greg Gard and the players have kept beating us over the head with a hammer, saying, we got depth. We have depth this year. Hey, we have depth. Look over here. There's depth. Depth over here. Um it's a team that can make up for injury. So if a Seijin doesn't play, I don't think it crushes them. Certainly it takes a shooter off the floor, but there's other guys that can kind of step in and fill that void. As long as you don't lose someone that's a key part to this team, someone that's not really replaceable. Tyler Wall, for instance, last year, him getting hurt really just sent the season off the rails the final three months. Uh, you lose a guy like Chucky Hepburn, a proven point guard. Um, I can go on, but as I, I'm hurting myself as I knock on wood here. I think Wisconsin has the chance to be a really good team. Um, can they compete in the Big Ten? I think they can. I think they're maybe a notch below Purdue, Michigan State, maybe Maryland. I picked them to finish fourth in the league. Uh, that should be good enough to get them in the tournament. And then when the tournament, it's all about matchups, right? It's all about who gets out at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, can you avoid those scoring droughts? And that was the problem with Wisconsin last year. These prolonged scoring droughts, six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten minutes. Without a field goal. I think Wisconsin has more firepower, more guys who are confident in their shot to kind of prevent those things from happening, which ultimately was their downfall last year. Last question, Ben, and we'll let you get back to it. Which, by the way, you may not know this. Ben is hanging out with his son today, so the fact he's given us a few minutes means the absolute world to us, Ben. Thank you. In closing, this is more of just an opinionated question. Um, 
we had this conversation. I, I host an afternoon show on the flagship station from three to seven. So a lot of the viewers, listeners come back and forth. We got into the SEC Big Ten conversation outside of football once again. Where do you believe the Big Ten, at least the basketball conference of the Big Ten, pecking order? Big 12 clearly has Kansas. They win national championships. It seems like they flirt with it every year. I'd put the Big 12 one. Where do you believe with the Purdue's, the Michigan State's, the Iowa's, uh, the Maryland's of the world, where do you believe the conference basketball-wise in this group, of uh, this Power 5 pecking order? That's kind of a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately question, right? Uh, that's a very what-have-you-done-for-me-lately question, absolutely. And do you know the last time the Big Ten won a national championship? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I don't think I am. Is it Michigan State when they beat Florida in 2000? That's right. Yeah. So, God, I'm a nerd. Man, I'm such a nerd. I got to do something with my life. Go ahead. So, yeah. and now they have had teams that gotten there. Indiana got there. They lost yeah. with, with Mike Davis. Wisconsin got there, lost to Duke. That's still a little salty around these parts. Um, you know, Michigan has gotten there. Um, Michigan State has gotten there. But teams haven't closed the deal. Um, you look at last year, nine teams got in for the Big Ten. How many got yeah. to the Sweet 16? One. Yeah. Purdue, yeah, number one seed. Point. Purdue, number one seed, lost to Fairleigh Dickinson um, uh, in, in the round of 64. So I, I think from watching the Big Ten, I think it is a deep competitive league where there are very few get-well games. Right. I don't think the physicality of the league translates well into March. Um, just It's one of those leagues that just physically beats each other up so much and has a certain style that I think – the matchups don't always work out well for them in March, especially when you go out against these deeper, more athletic teams. You kind of need a team like a Wisconsin did 10 years ago with Sam Decker, Josh Gosser, Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. Um, so many guys, Bronson Koenig was the point guard, who have that physical nature, but also have that athleticism that can push and can, and can press and do all these different things and defend. And it's just kind of one of those, those teams that are very rare. Um, so, to answer your question, I would probably put the Big Ten third, third or fourth um, in the pecking order. Um, you know, the, the Pac-12 has got some good teams this year. Arizona, USC, SEC's got good teams. You know, Tennessee, Kentucky's always good, unfortunately. Um, you look at, you know, the ACC, ACC has depth too. So it's kind of a what have you done for me recently. I think on a national landscape, I think the Big Ten will probably be third or fourth, and maybe that's putting it nicely. But on a week-by-week -week basis, I think anybody can beat anybody for the most part. I think it's a deep league. It's a it's a league that that's physical. Um, it's a fun league to cover just because you don't know quite what you're going to get into. But, again, it's about March for a lot of people. And the Big Ten, for whatever reason, just hasn't been able to close the deal for the last 23 seasons. Benjamin Wargle from our friends over at Wisconsin and the Rivals site. Ben, we appreciate it as always, and uh, thank your son for us. Look, I'm not a dad, but I could I know what some of my I'm Uncle Tyler to a lot of those, and I know how much uh, father son time means to them. So the fact you could steal a couple of minutes away there uh, from the juice boxes and the crackers, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for talking Badger hoops with us. My pleasure. Enjoy the game on Friday.